Welcome to the St. Michael Fall podcast series. My name is Bob Johnston, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is discipleship. May you be blessed for the Christian journey. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. A reading from John chapter 12, verses 27 to 36. Jesus said, Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of the light. Here ends the reading. All of us face uncertainty, fear, and tension. And Jesus in his humanity did as well. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, have accounts of Jesus' extreme tension in the face of death in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke's account is particularly potent as Jesus sweats blood. In John's Gospel, we just read, we don't hear about Gethsemane, but we learn of Jesus' tension earlier. Here, as the final phase of his ministry begins, he faces incredible tension. We're reminded that he was fully human. The one who walked on water, healed, and performed miracles is full of concern. He's troubled, as our text says. In his anguish, he wants to cry out to his father, saying, let it pass. But he comes back to God's plan, the glory to be given to God in it. The tension, though, is gone fairly quickly in the story. Jesus holds to what the results of impending death and resurrection will unfold. The ruler of the world is going to be thrown out. The evil one's hold on so much of life will be broken. And more than that, the cross, full of God's love and beauty, will draw people to him. It will become a magnet. It will become the most powerful icon of love and salvation. Jesus seems to point to these two aspects with confidence and without fear. What changed? What went between the troubled heart and the confident reminder of what was to be accomplished? God's voice. God the Father is heard. He notes how he has been glorified by what has already taken place and will be glorified by what is to come. It's an impressive moment, and Jesus says it was for them, not for him. Jesus would have never doubted his mission or shied from glorifying the Father, but surely these words gave comfort to him for the reason they were given, 
testified to him. God's voice came to Jesus at every great moment in his life. It came at his baptism when he first set out upon the work God had given him to do. It came on the Mount of the Transfiguration when he finally decided to take the way which led to Jerusalem and the cross. And now it came to him when his human flesh and blood were troubled by what was ahead. What God the Father did for Jesus of speaking to that troubled heart, he does for us. All of us will face trouble. All of us will experience pain. And I believe in it, we will in some way experience God's voice. It's a voice that says, I'm with you. It's a voice that says, seek my glory, not yours. It's a voice that says, I love you, always. Always have, always will. Yet do we hear it? Here too, I think, our lesson from John provides some insight. The people did not expect to hear God's voice, so some thought it's thunder. Others pushed out a little bit, perhaps realizing that he just prayed to the Father, and they believed it was an angel answering. It would seem only Jesus heard the voice as the Father's voice. How often, too, our preconceived notions get in the way. We see this also in terms of what was to take place. The people had a strong notion of what the Messiah would be like. Based on passages such as the one from Daniel 7, they believed he would rule in Jerusalem forever. And so the thought that the Messiah could die made no sense. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Actually, I think they raised a good question, but they needed to listen harder. This is one of the reasons that the Transfiguration, the feast that we celebrate in August, is deemed quite important in followers getting their head around the Messiahship. The Transfiguration was significant as showing the testimony of the Jewish law and the prophets to the Messiahship of Christ, as furnishing a further divine proclamation of His Sonship and as a foreshadowing of His future glory. It made clear that what had gone before, the Law and the Prophets, gave testimony to Jesus as the Christ. I believe that if we can only listen to God's voice in our lives, the tension will give way to confidence, even as the difficult path remains. As I was thinking about this, a contemporary Christian song came to my mind, and I want to close by reading it, just reading the lyrics from it. It's a song by the group Casting Crowns entitled The Voice of Truth. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in, onto the crashing waves, to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is, and he's holding out his hand. But the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me, reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The waves, they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win you'll never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. Oh, what I would do to have the kind of strength it takes to stand before a giant with just a sling and a stone, surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors shaking in their armor wishing they'd had the strength to stand. But the giant's calling out my name, and he laughs at me. 
reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed. The giant keeps on telling me time and time again, boy, you'll never win. You'll never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I'll choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. But the stone was just the right size to put the giant on the ground. The waves aren't looking so high from on top of them looking down. I will soar with the wings of eagles when I stop and listen to the sound of Jesus singing over me. I choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.